So, hello. So, uh, I'm Paul Carr. This is podcast 28, uh, Code Blue, an intruder alert. Uh, comments at the end. This is what it's like in a classroom when you get a lockdown, and I've been through many. So, here we go. Uh, I'm reluctant to share this, as it may seem to make light of the many horrible school shootings that have occurred. But instead, please know my intent is to explain how I managed my fifth graders during a code blue. That's an intruder alert warning. When the Sandy Hook shooting took place in Connecticut, my heart was in my mouth for many reasons. One is my sister teaches in Connecticut, and at first... The name of the school was not mentioned, only a school in Connecticut. Secondly, and a lot closer for home to me, the Aurora, Colorado theater shooter of 2012 was my fifth grade student. He sat in my class and I had him for a year. I will not write his name. I think shooters' names should rarely be mentioned. I was subpoenaed by the state of Colorado. I taught in California when I had him for the penalty phase of this person's trial, and he received 12 life sentences and a fine of merely, nearly a, a million dollars, um, neither of which he's going to be able to, to do the 12 lifetimes or the million dollars. So my point is school violence is definitely not an abstract for me. In my district, during a code blue, teachers were instructed to lock the door, close the curtains, kids silently go on the floor, no one is allowed in. A class count is requested from each teacher, and we had 28 classrooms. We had to wait until your number, your name was arrived at numerically, alphabetically, and then finally the call came, and my numbers had to add up. So... My call came, Mr. Carr, what are your numbers? 26 present, two are absent, three are in special ed, one's in the bathroom. I wanted to cry when I said, one is in the bathroom, but I couldn't. My students watched my face, my tone, my demeanor. If I cried, the kids would have lost it. So what happens when a kid is in the bathroom during a lockdown? School protocol requires an office worker to dash to the bathroom, collect the kids, and head to the nearest classroom and try to convince that teacher to let them in. We had a nightmare name for bathroom kids and the administrator that went to get them. Bait, which is horrible. So anyway, see all, we all sat quietly on the floor waiting for the all clear, and I've waited as long as three hours to get it. One time, we heard a very close gunshot. The kids hit the floor without a word from me. And a few minutes later, the code blue was on, but we were way ahead of that. My classroom was on the second floor and second to the last classroom, and I had done probabilities it was more likely that a horrible event, if it were to occur, would happen on the first floor. It would have been closer for an intruder. Nor was my classroom the first one to come across on the second floor. So this was all very good for my class in my mind, but perhaps 
deadly for another classroom. These are unbearable calculations that we had to make during these times when we have code blues. So we sat there, and my kid's eyes were big. One of them asked, Mr. Carr, was that a gunshot? I lied. Nah. I used the slang intentionally, casually, like it was no biggie. Nothing to worry about. But hard to convince the children of that when they're sitting on the floor in darkness. One of the girls sobbed. Carlita is in the bathroom. No problem, I said. Mrs. M will get her. I redirected the kids. Um, let's take out our reading books. They wanted to be redirected. No complaints. Our tinted windows prevented anyone from seeing in. But I could look out. The kids tried to read, and I decided to get up and peek around. Have a look. See if I can figure out what is going on. The kids eyed me. We had touched on this topic before, more than once in fact, and I decided now would be a really good time to broach it again. Um, kids, I said, in the unlikely event some bad guy comes in our class, what's the plan? One of the boys blurted, plan B. Yes, I confirmed. What's plan B? Another kid answered, you're going to smash him in the head with our aluminum bat. Correct, I said. Another child added, and then we have plan P, too, huh? I said, yes, what's that? Now, I was trying to give them a sense that we were in control. A different child added, we poke them with our sharp number two yellow pencils. Another child asked, can we poke them more than once? Well, yes, I said. In fact, I want all of you to stab the sucker so many times he looks like a porcupine. A few smiled. One or two laughed. Their terrors diminished a bit. Questions now poured out. Um, can we kick him? Oh, yes. Teacher, can we bite him? Oh, yes. Even I will bite him. They laughed at that. One of my braver boys, a little imp, asked, Can we hit him? Well, you know, like right in the wahoos. Absolutely, I said. Now they all laughed. And I added, If that sucker comes in here and you help me take him down, it could be a good thing for us. They're puzzled. I say, Look. Let's grab the sucker, hold him over the balcony. We shake him. His wallet falls out. And you know what? We take it, and we get his credit card. That sucker can pay for science camp. It's 200 bucks for each of you. They cheered. Shh, I go, okay, quiet, hey. I put my fingers to my lips. The kids are all fired up now. They're puffy-chested. They got their sharp pencils out. They actually want an intruder to come in now. I moved to the window, and I looked down. A police officer is on his hands and knees directly under my window. He has a drawn pistol. He is crawling away from my class. Going away is good. Drawn pistol, very bad. I don't know what else to do, so I moved to the opposite side of the classroom, and I look out the window there. Now remember, we're on the second floor. So I looked out on the street, and I laughed. Because in the telephone wires directly across from my classroom, I spotted our gunshot. A seagull was burning and sizzling. Its now blackened wings had contacted parallel wires and made a complete circuit and blew out the transformer right near it. The sucker was smoking, and so was the transformer right near him. It was a Kentucky fried seagull. I rushed back to the officer, opened the window. Officer, 
come here please, I'll unlock the door. It was a transformer. The officer stood, holstered his gun, I let him in and showed him the still smoking bird. In the end, it was okay for us. Just like my sister in Connecticut, it wasn't her school. The stats were on her side, it wasn't her school. But for some schools, their code blue will not end so harmlessly. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I've been in at least three code blues. We had, we had some numbnuts. Uh, they had manufactured some bombs about two houses away from a school, so, and they were gangsters. And so the, the cops went there, and they closed the whole school down. And uh, that was a long wait. And then we had a, <laughs> a crazy parent, um, probably on meth, and he had stolen a motorcycle, and he drove it through the back school ground, dumped it, and then ran and kept on running. So they, had a, they weren't really sure where he was, so, so we had a lockdown for that. Um, so anyway, it's... Uh, I'm always amazed, I'm like in my school, the population is 5,000 in the whole town. And the uh, cops usually got there pretty fast, you know. They got there pretty fast. Um, yeah, so anyway, that's my experience with code blue lockdowns. So my name is Paul Carr. Um, now you got the inside track on that, and this is Podcast 28, and thank you very much.